exceptional people. You are now listening to Change Today, a new-ish podcast on how we can better today's society. I'm your creator and co-host, Miriam Antone. And I'm co-host, Molly Quatruzzi. And this is the season two finale! So, we recorded two seasons in one year. That's crazy. Why did we think we could do that? (laughs) Why did we think we could do that? Who knows, but we did it. But we did it. (laughs) That's the even crazier part. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) We did the last finale because we were too scared to record the episode we actually had in mind. And then the last finale got like 700 views, which is like half of the views that the entire podcast has gotten. (laughs) (laughs) So we were like, hmm, so this is what people want. Right. So here we are doing another finale for season two. Look at that. Look at that. Honestly, most of the podcasts that I listen to kind of have that format where you just like kind of pick a topic and then you just go back and forth and it's more like opinion based. And I feel like we wanted to do something that was like very information based because we want information to be out there. (laughs) You got to educate if you're going to create change. But I understand that sometimes can feel like a lecture and that's not what everybody wants to be doing in their free time. Right. But hey. Best of both worlds on this podcast. Exactly. We're out here. You get your opinion piece at the end. Don't worry. Yeah. (laughs) And I think we've been a lot better this season on putting in our commentary, making like little jokes here and there. I think so too. Yeah. It's definitely been more natural this season. Yeah. I I like the way that we did the formatting this season, how we had our slides instead of writing it all out on a Word document. Because then it's not like we were reading right off of it. Right. We the behind the scenes was definitely a lot better. Yeah. More thought out. Yeah, definitely. And I think that helped us not be so rigid. Because mm. when you put it on like a PowerPoint slide, the whole point is that you don't put everything you're going to say. Yeah. So it made us actually think about what we wanted to say instead of just being a script. I agree. And I think first season, we were trying to cover everything that was happening during the Black Lives Matter movement because we were living in it. And this season, we had a lot more freedom because obviously there's always things going on, but there wasn't anything so pressing that we like needed to absolutely make an episode about it right away. Exactly. So we had more freedom with the choices of things that we got to do. And we went outside our comfort zone because we did episodes that weren't either strictly about race or about a part of race that we had no clue about. Yeah, exactly. We really did a whole episode on patriotism. I know. That one was so fun. It was so funny because we did that one over Zoom. Yeah, we did. This is the funniest part to me because... It was when we were still in between that trying to use the real equipment and still be forced to be apart because of the school regulations and everything. And I was in my dorm room at six o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. And I think you were home. I was at home. Yeah, in my bed. Yeah. (laughs) And my brother knocked on the door. And I had to scream at him, and we were going to keep in the podcast because I thought it was so funny, but it wasn't really in a place that made sense. But we have a blooper reel. Yes. A little little mishaps. <laughs> Plenty of those. Plenty of those. Oh, especially recording our Instagram segments. Oh my goodness. So funny. <laughs> there was one day where we just kept messing up, and then on, on our final take, a janitor literally walked into the room we were recording in, and neither of us broke. And we were like, how is this the moment that we were fine? But 10 minutes ago, nothing was happening and we could not get it together. Exactly. Those are always so interesting. Yeah, that was really funny. (laughs) Yeah. So 
What do you think was your favorite and least favorite episode from this season? That's a tough question. And I've actually been thinking about this a lot because I knew this episode was coming. Okay. I think my favorite episode we did was the prison labor one. Okay. And I think it's because we it was really raw. Because mm. normally we try to, at the end, have the optimistic attitude and everything. Mm-hmm. But after everything we discussed, it was kind of hard to feel that way. Absolutely. And I feel like we put our real emotion into that episode. And it just it had some real feeling. I agree. There was definitely a lot of passion. It was very unfiltered for us. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That really was a good episode. Yeah. I'm proud of that one. I loved the patriotism one just because that's my passion project that I'm doing my research on. And I just really hate patriotism. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I also loved doing the Middle Eastern interview episode i wish the original was still viable because it was just so good and we had sophie on for it who will be in our middle eastern season that's coming out in the winter yeah but we lost the first recording which just is so awful and the second one we had to do like in a rush because it was just we needed to get the episode out and to do that we needed to have a recording so we just did it with me and anastasia mina so I just, I wish it was what it was supposed to be, but right. I am really proud with the way it came out. And she was amazing about coming on again. And yeah, it was still overall very, very interesting. Right. So I'm proud of that one too. It was probably my two favorite. I see. I don't think I have a least favorite because I, I really did like the way that the season turned out, but maybe the Joe Biden episode. Really? Only because it was super fun to record and everything, but I feel like out of all the topics we did, I just liked the other topics better. Maybe mm. that's a better way to put it. Okay. I liked I liked the other things we talked about better. I Got think. it. Maybe this is because there was so much buildup, but the medical disparities one. Oh my gosh, yeah. Was just a tough one. And after the fact, I was talking to almost everyone in my family that's currently studying or in school doing something in medicine. And I was talking to one of them who's studying to be a pharmacist. And we talked about this pill called Bill Dill, which was marketed specifically towards black people. And we were like, that is so messed up. And we still hold that to be true. But she was looking at all the ingredients in the medication. And she was like, well, this is just basic stuff that's in every, I don't know what it was, maybe like heart failure? Yeah, it was a heart failure medication. Yeah, it was like, this is like an every heart failure medication. I was like, oh. So it's like the same pill that everyone else takes. It just... Right. Branded for black people, which is still weird and like something we shouldn't do. But at least now I know it's not a completely different pill that like people just think black people are genetically different. Like I'm glad at least science knows that. Right. So I feel like the episode has a lot of good information, but maybe maybe it just wasn't as thought out as we wanted it to be because like we just were not in that field. Like we don't really know. Right. That was definitely a tough one. That's actually the one that we pushed off to record the first finale. That was the original episode. We, yeah. That was the first episode ever we wanted to do. We recorded it, actually, on our first day of recording. And we were like, we cannot use this. Yeah. This is so horrible. It was so bad. And we ended up doing White Privilege as our first ever episode yeah. instead of that. Then we tried to record it again, end of season one. Could not do it. We just had to do the finale because it was just so yeah. hard. And then tried to do it again. For second season, pushed it off maybe, what, one or two times to record other episodes instead? Yeah, I think. And then finally did it. And when we were done, we were like, oh, that was so good. Why did we push it off for so long? And then listening back, I was like, oh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't as good as we thought it was. (laughs) Honestly, yeah. No, I think because that one always brought so much stress, I kind of blanked it out that we even did it. Yeah, true. 
now that I think about it, I'm like, wait, yeah, <laughs> that one. Yeah. No, that one was definitely tough and definitely a lot of information. And yeah. Just, and I'm glad it's over now. Same. To say the least. And I don't mean to like discard it altogether. Because yeah. like the statistical information about treatment of black women versus white women and all that stuff, like all that stuff is accurate. Right. But maybe ignore some of the medication talk. Yeah, <laughs> maybe just... <laughs> Get past that. Yeah, just, uh, I mean, uh, Bill Dill is marketed towards black people, which is wrong, but the medication itself is okay. Yeah, a little revision doesn't hurt anyone. <laughs> True. We're, we're, we're okay with admitting we make mistakes. Yeah. We're just two girls in college. Exactly. We're, we're uh, not, we're um, nothing special. Exactly. Hmm. I'm trying to think, is there anything else that we've maybe said that might need revision? I feel like we've been pretty good about being careful. I think so, too. I remember season one finale i was like i thought the research aspect was going to be so hard but i feel like i knew everything that i was reading and maybe that was a little bit true for the first season but second season i was reading things and i was like are you are you serious bro yeah <laughs> what is going on that was so cocky of me like no you did not know everything you were reading this <laughs> ma'am what are you talking about <laughs> but to be fair season one we did a lot of fundamental things true so it was very different in this season we took on more complex things mm. so it was a lot more learning that we actually had to do true which I'm fine with. Yeah. Because if I'm learning, that means everyone else is learning. So. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. You had the idea to do fast fashion. Yes. And that was a very educational episode for me. And it was one of the ones that was easiest to record and easiest to edit. Really? Yeah. I remember it took me maybe like two hours to edit, which is so yeah. not normal for us. Yeah. That's really fast. It takes <laughs> like four, five, six hours to edit. Yeah. So, wow. yeah, there was no breaks. There was no ums. There was no likes. There was no, what are we going to say here? The recording was just going. Right. Yeah. It was really good. You know, what's actually really funny about that mm. is the night before that episode, I was up so late doing my inorganic chemistry take home exam. Oh. And then I had the in-person exam the next morning. So I was running on two hours of sleep Oof. when we recorded that episode. That is crazy. And it's so funny that it came out so nicely. Yeah. Because I definitely wasn't fully there when we were <laughs> recording it. <laughs> I, we would not be able to tell from the recording. It was actually very good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That episode was fun because it was completely different than anything we really ever talked about. Yeah. But it also still had a relationship to the topics that we'd been talking yeah. about. So it was... Intersectionality. Yeah, exactly. It's everywhere. It's literally everywhere. It is. Yeah. Yeah, that um, one was fun. Yeah. And I read last semester of school, I had to read um, Abram Kendi's How to Be an Anti-Racist. And I was like drawing a lot of material from there. And by the end of the book, I was like, oh, I kind of hate this guy. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure he just created a safe space for people who are racist by accident in his book. And then I was like, I'm pretty sure he just blamed colorism on dark skinned people. And then I was like, he does not know what intersectionality is. <laughs> As I kept reading, I was like, it makes a lot of great points. I'm not dissing the book. You should read it. It's very educational. But women and then sexuality were these own separate chapters and there was no intersection as if like yeah, you just get a chapter on women and that's everything you need to know about race and sexuality and gender are very interconnected De definitely a lot of intersectionality i don't think he's very friendly with the word right maybe could learn that term <laughs> yeah learned a few controversial facts about his relationship with his daughter which is spooky scary <laughs> spooky scary <laughs> so but yeah overall it was not a bad read yeah i'm getting better at starting to critiquing people that i enjoy right because nobody's perfect that's a good thing to do 
Yeah. So, oh, I did think of something that I wanted to revise. Um, I think this was might be first season though. Okay. We talked about reverse racism. I'm not sure if I ever mentioned that people of color can be racist towards other people of color. Yeah, right. I don't if, think, yeah, I don't think that was mentioned. Yeah, because yeah. that's true. Yeah, because you can be a black person and be racist towards an Asian person, and you can be a Middle Eastern person and be racist towards a Hispanic person, and like mm-hmm. vice versa, all the way around. You just can't be a person of color and be racist towards white people. Right, that's what reverse racism is. But it applies to people of color towards people of color. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good one to note. Yeah. And that exists a lot. Oh, definitely. <laughs> like all over the place. Yeah. Uh. Look at any comment section on any post. Absolutely. You will definitely see it. True. You know what reminded me of that? When I was watching Blackish, and it was the episode where one of the kids was trying to figure out if Ruby, who's the grandma, was truly a Democrat or actually a Republican. And they basically were asking her all these questions, and she votes like she's just identity politics. So because she's black, she always votes Democrat. But as she was saying her opinions, she was like very Republican in her standpoint, just because she was a conservative Christian. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> one of the questions is about should we let Latin people into the country? And she was like, no, black people were here first. We deserve rights first. And it's just like a little funny quip. But those are attitudes that exist, and those like are considered racist, even though right. they belong to a black person. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I mentioned that i should mention that yeah that's a good revision yeah yeah good catch (laughs) thank you thank you yeah okay on to things in the news okay speaking of critiquing people that you love i love aoc Uh uh-huh okay so let's talk about the met gala okay mixed opinions there definitely so for context aoc went to the met gala in new york Mm -hmm. and she wore a dress that across the back said tax the rich this year's theme was um like america and yeah in america a lexicon of fashion yeah so she wore a dress it was a white dress with a red writing that said tax rich across the back from a fashion standpoint i hate outfits that have actual words on them Mm -hmm. i wish that you would just portray the meaning with your clothes and having to use words that's beside the point and not what we're talking about at all. <laughs> um, by the way, Mad Gala Monday is my favorite day of the year every oh, year. Yeah. I, better than my birthday. It's <laughs> Mad Gala Monday for me. I also hated this year's theme. Yeah, altogether. oh, same. I was like, you can do so many better things. Yeah, no, because it really just looked messy and I didn't think anyone's outfit really stood out or anything at that all. That too. Outfits were so blah. Yeah. I was so upset. I remember... Really? really liking there is this middle eastern model her name is iman something i can't remember her last name i think she had a relationship with drake earlier but i remember loving her outfit and uh, i think it was Gigi hadid who mm. was looks great i remember grimes wore one wore a, like a dress with a sword on it and the sword was made of melted down guns yeah and her idea was that like every america owns weapons and shit right i, like, I kind of love that but i just like didn't love the outfit itself so I was right like, yeah. exactly yeah but getting back on track to aoc so her dress the right-wing media went literally crazy yep. and they were like how dare you wear this it says tax the rich and you're at the met gala it's just a thirty thousand ticket event whatever right here's the thing I think the dress was not a great idea. Not at all for any of those reasons. First of all, if you're invited to the Met Gala, you don't pay that ticket. You just get to go. And even if you believe in being a social democrat, doesn't mean that you don't believe in wealth as like a good thing. We just don't want people to have billions of dollars. You can make a million dollars a year and not be considered truly wealthy. So that wasn't the problem for me at all. I'm not saying that you have to be poor if you believe in socialism. Like, nobody thinks that. Exactly. (laughs) Nobody thinks that. (laughs) I just think that she was trying to prove an ironic point. 
and it was too ironic in a negative sense to work mm-hmm. and you went to this event that is based off of celebrating money and influence maybe people saw your dress and were like oh okay like interesting but i'm sure you went in there after the fact and just had a dinner and like chatted up with people and having a good time and chilling like exactly. like what did you accomplish by wearing it's very performative AOC. yeah it just wasn't the take that she wanted to have mm. i agree this just didn't feel like the right place or right time mm-hmm. for that dress I don't have a problem with you being there, right? Yeah. You were a New York representative and you're going to New York's biggest event. Like, it's a big culture thing. And the Met itself as a museum is very amazing. Culture-wise, yes. they've preserved so much culture. Every museum, they have their drama and whatever and problems with stealing and, like, what right. is truly yours and what belongs to the people of the nation. And, like, it has scandals like every museum. Of course. But in comparison to museums in America, it's a wonderful museum. And, like, right. People typically like don't have a problem with it. And they've preserved so much culture. And like the Met is like meant to raise money for fashion students. It's like, it's like a whole thing is great. Right. At the end of the day, you're just celebrating people with money. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, those are the people that you want to make a point to. But is this the way you want to make the point? Exactly. Especially in a very nice dress. I think if you're going to say, like, tax the rich, that maybe give your ticket to somebody who would never be invited to the mat. Or pay for somebody's ticket who would never be invited to the mat because they're not rich. Exactly. And then have them wear that dress. There's just ways, right, to, like, where you can get that same message across in the same way, but, like, make it make sense. Right, exactly. I feel like that just wasn't it for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely didn't convey the message properly. Mm. And I know it was made out of recycled and material and sustainable things and all that. So she didn't even pay for the dress either, but it still just didn't prove the point the way that it needed to prove the point. Mm, Yeah. And here's the thing. AOC is a politician Mm -hmm. and you can love her. That's fine. I love her. Mm -hmm. That does not make it wrong for you to criticize things that she does as a politician. Right. If we don't call out things that we see as incorrect, we're just complicit. It's not about you have to be a good Democrat. So you have to support Democratic leaders. There is not enough progressive leaders out there. So we have to support all progressive leaders. No, no. I support progressive actions. I don't care who they come from. Right. If you're saying something that I agree with because it's progressive and it's going to be better for the people that live in this country, I support that. Exactly. If you happen to be labeled progressive and you do something that I don't support, why should I support that action? Exactly. Right? It's the same thing as identity politics. Just because you call yourself a Democrat doesn't mean that everything you do is considered democratic exactly. or liberal. It's not. Yeah. So... Yeah, support actions, not people. All politicians are liars at the end of the day. Exactly, that's the job description. Literally. (laughs) Don't get too caught up in what they say. So yeah, that's a good scandal. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a scandal, actually. I take that back, but that's a good little story topic. (laughs) A good scandal. So, moving on from the wonderful AOC to the not-so-wonderful Texas. Yeah. (laughs) Texas is just all over the place right now. It really is. First, they were like, no abortions ever. And then they were like, bounty hunters, people that get abortions. And then they were like, everybody should have a gun at all times. And guns are, are everything. And we were like, that that seems like a lot of things <laughs> to happen at the same yeah. time <laughs> that are a little uh, contradictory to each a other. A little bit. Mm. We're so pro-life that we want to keep those fetuses alive. But... If you get an abortion, we are going to kill you. And also, <laughs> here's a gun for every living human in Texas. Exactly. And your neighbors 
can rat you out if they would like. For money. For money. <laughs> and then we will kill you. <laughs> it's just very dystopian. Yeah. I think the court just shot it down. It was temporarily banned and then got unbanned again. Okay, it so the court did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I remember, it was like four days ago, I think, when everybody was like, oh, the Texas bill got blocked. And then two days later, I saw a story, and it was like, it's actually unblocked again. Yay for state and federal government relations. <laughs> I call that a win. I call that um, <laughs> a great win. I think that was a victory. Two minutes of reproductive rights for women. Yeah. Yay. Woo! We did something there. That was really good. A really good effort. Yeah. So proud of everyone. Literally, how stupid. Yeah. Seriously, bounty hunters for people that have gotten abortions in their lifetimes. Do you know how many anti-abortion, pro-life like people that stand outside abortion centers have gotten abortions? So many. Literally, at least half of them. They're like, I regret this decision. Okay. Okay. Regret it on your own time. Yeah. Miss ma'am. Exactly. I hope you get bounty hunted. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I don't. No, but, <laughs> but I'm trying to make a point here. <laughs> you have received an abortion, so what makes you think you can take away someone else's right to one? Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. You can have regrets, but that doesn't mean that everyone else should pay the consequences of your regret. And, like, you can also have your own opinion. Like, I think yeah. it's, like, a common misconception that, like, to be a feminist, you have to be pro-choice. You can have your own beliefs in your own life. Yeah, exactly. You just can't force it onto other people. Exactly. You can support like, a pro-choice policy, but that doesn't mean you have to be pro-choice yourself. Yeah. It's really easy to do that. Let people do what they want to do. Yeah. Also, nobody wants an abortion. Yeah, no, exactly. Nobody's, like, walking around having unprotected sex for fun, getting pregnant, and being like, ah, yes, abortion time, I'm so excited. My like, tenth abortion. My tenth, yeah. yeah. What, a, what a day. Uh, what a rush of adrenaline. <laughs> yeah. No, That's, exactly. like, not what's happening here. Yeah. And people aren't in their third trimester being like, oh, I know I have, like, one month left and I could just wait, but I don't really feel like it, so I'm just going to terminate this. Exactly. It's more like, I'm going to die, My and I don't want to die. Exactly. My baby's literally already dead. So yeah, maybe maybe we should uh, you know educate people. Yeah. Also, if you're so hell bent on getting rid of abortion, wouldn't it just make sense to have a very great sex ed program? Exactly. So that way you don't need as many abortions. Because guess what? Banning abortion is not going to stop people from having sex. Exactly. Believe it or not. Believe but, it or not. But maybe, <laughs> just just maybe, it'll minimize the number of unplanned pregnancies. Exactly. Yeah. Or because even better, maybe, not even better, on the same scale of good, <laughs> you should arrest rapists yeah. and not put them in office. Yeah, that's weird. Because maybe then people will not be forced to have babies with people that they don't want to have babies with. Exactly. Maybe we believe the victims. Maybe, maybe. that's maybe that's yeah. like the mood over here. Oh, crazy. This is some radical talk we're having. I, here. I cannot believe it. Yeah, this is some crazy discourse. <laughs> but the thing is, is you can't ban abortions and then also say no to things like birth control or yeah. like preventative measures like condoms. You can't say no to both things. Because unfortunately, people are still going to have sex. We are human beings. That is our natural instinct as reproductive species. That's just what we do. It's like we're literally built to do that. Yeah. 
So like, like literally like yeah like build like to do that. That's literally our actual only purpose of being here <laughs> to keep going. It's just we don't want to like all not be here, right? And obviously you know that yeah. because you're you're pro life exactly. <laughs> so mm, confused as to where the confusion is. Yeah, it's the same people that are saying no. We cannot have any protective measures. We must just have babies all the time and never kill them, but also have them at 14 years old. Right. Because we don't believe in sex ed. Are the same ones that are being 18 years old and having children with 14-year-olds. Yeah, exactly. Are you literally kidding? A state representative is just out here admitting he was 18 and he knocks up his 14-year-old girlfriend and that's just chill with everybody? Yeah. Bro. You good? People are interesting. I can't believe he's just so in the mindset that this is life that he just like said that and was like chill with it. Yeah. And was like, how did I get backlash? It's my life. Um, uh, Cause that's statutory rape. Yup. <laughs> that is literally a crime, sir. Mm. That is literally a crime. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's a good look for you. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're a state representative. Yeah, I love that. I can't even remember that guy's name or what state. Nope. Let's look it up. Let's find out. U.S. House candidate Bochard? Yeah. Anthony Bochard? Oh, okay. Wyoming senator. Oh, my gosh. Wyoming senator. state senator Anthony Bochard. Okay. That's... Who's <gasps> also currently trying to unseat representative Liz Cheney. Hmm. Hmm. Little spooky. That's scary out here. Yeah. Not a good look for you, Anthony. Anthony. Really hope you do not win. That Maybe is you should um stop promoting yeah. <laughs> this narrative. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't have admitted to that. Imagine like Maybe. in a casual conversation with all of Congress in America, you're just like, but hey, I got my 14-year-old girl pregnant when I was 18. I'm going to just casual conversation now in the U.S. Yeah, that's that says a lot about who we are mm. as a nation. I agree. Oh, I did want to mention, we were supposed to do an episode on Palestine mm -hmm. while everything was going on, but it was just such like a busy time in both of our lives and we were like under a lot of stress. Yes. We just didn't get around to it, but we're going to do a little Instagram series. So we'll do some written posts like yeah. our other ones and we'll probably do a couple video posts. Just stay tuned for that. Exactly. Don't worry. We know it's a pressing topic. We're going to cover it. We are going to cover it. Don't worry. We promise we do care. We do care. I know we mentioned it in the Biden episode and then we didn't have an actual episode, but we will have info on that. Yes. It'll be available to you all mm. in a matter of time. Yeah. I don't feel super comfortable talking about it right now just because it's like more serious. We don't want to get things wrong. Yeah, exactly. But we're covering it. Yes, got it. I think we have time for one more current event. Earlier today, I saw Julius Jones is about to be executed for a crime that he did not commit nor was present at. Mm. And he is in Oklahoma and he's set to be executed on November 18th. And so the only thing that we really can do is write to their representatives and their governor and try and convince them not to. But I feel like this is really important to talk about because there's a lot of things like this happen. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who are executed when they're innocent and the death penalty is obviously just unethical altogether mm -hmm. but if we can say something to try and help this man i think we should yeah i agree 
So you said Wyoming? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. So does it have a name that people can reach their office? Yes. His trial was completely unfair, too. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. I don't know anything about this. Yeah, no, I just saw it today. So I feel like it's a good time to bring it up. So he's been on death row for 20 years now. And he was a 19-year-old student athlete at the time that he was convicted with a bright future ahead of him, of course. And he was a good student, and he was captains of all his sports teams that he was on. And the evidence in the case supports his innocence. The guy who committed the crime admitted to being the killer, and they still won't take him off death row. Who was the victim? Victim was Paul Howell. He was a white man gunned down in his white neighborhood. And the coverage of the case says that it was a drug-related violence perpetrated by black men. So already that was an unfair start to the trial. Mm. And he said he was home with his parents, which was his alibi and obviously was true. The guy, Christopher Jordan, he was the star witness and he claimed he was the getaway driver but later admitted to being the gunman. Wow. Yeah. And also... The evidence said that the man had an inch of hair and Julius Jones was bald at the time that this crime happened. So he's just completely innocent. And the jury, obviously because of racism, said that guilty. He just had a completely unfair, unprepared trial from the start. And now he's about to die because... That's like your life. Yeah. 20 years at 19. Yeah. That's awful. And he wasn't there. He didn't do it. The person who did it admitted to doing it. So it's just... This literally happens all the time. Yeah. All the time. I feel bad now. I can't remember who it was. But back in December of 2020, this happened to somebody else. Mm. And it was just so unfortunate to see another innocent person be killed for a crime that they didn't even commit. I know. I can't even remember how many petitions I signed over the summer of, like, this exact case. Exactly. Like, just over and over again with different people. Exactly. And it just, like, sucks. <laughs> it really does. Because it's like, obviously, we're not the jury, and we're not the Supreme Court, so we can't, we don't have a lot of power, but <laughs> writing to the politicians might do something. And sometimes just, like, shining enough light on something, like, makes our representative look bad enough, where exactly. even if the person, like, is, like, it's so sad, because this is, like, literally people, and I think sometimes, like, we don't get it. Like, we just hear it over and over again that we're so desensitized to, like, the fact that this is happening to actual people. Exactly. This is, like, an actual person. Yeah. And it sucks saying this, like, this might be, even if he does get executed, if we shine enough light on it, we just hope that we stop future executions from happening. Exactly. It's like, how many lives have to be examples before we stop doing this? Mm -hmm. It's just so unfortunate. I agree. So it's in Tennessee, Rutherford County, and... The judge is Donna Scott Davenport, and basically her entire career, she's just been jailing, like, children, especially black children, for crimes that she literally makes up. Yeah. So, for instance, four black girls in elementary school, ages eight Mm -hmm. and younger, and a little bit older, were arrested because they watched a fight. Yeah. And the charge was called criminal responsibility. And apparently it's literally a made-up charge. Like, that doesn't exist. Yeah. Donna Scott Davenport is the only elected juvenile court judge that that county has literally ever had. Gosh. And she oversees 
juvenile court and has directed police to like do things like this on a regular basis. That's so disturbing. So uh, she has managed to put 48% of kids in juvie in Tennessee are from her county. So it's like, (laughs) how does this woman still have a job? Exactly. Like this woman is literally inventing charges and half of the kids in Tennessee that are in jail are because of her and nobody's like, this is sus. It's been going on for literally years. Exactly. Like Like an eight-year-old with pigtails is getting arrested for watching a fight. She's eight years old. She doesn't know what's going on. Exactly. And she wasn't participating in it. So why is she being arrested? And even if she was, it was literally a fight. Exactly. Are you kidding? We went to high school at BR, a white suburb in Bridgewater, Massachusetts, a red town. And kids got into fights all the time. Literally a daily basis at lunch. Yeah. It would happen all the time. Yeah. And we were in high school. Exactly. If you're just sitting at a lunch table, what are you expecting us to do? Exactly. Like, break it up. Teachers can't even break yeah. it up if they're not the same gender as people that are fighting. Exactly. But you're like, oh, kids should get all put in there. Like, no, it's like literally a liability issue. Yeah. And second of all, if it's your friend and it's happening right next to you, like, yeah, you can, like, say something and, like, try to... But if you're, like, across the lunchroom... Yeah, exactly. Or if there's already 10 people breaking up the fight and you just happen to be around, what are you expecting? Exactly. But never mind high schoolers, but eight years eight old. Eight years old. Yeah, they're literally kids, like... I just can't. That's so disturbing. I just <sighs> prison. Prison. Prison system. The justice system. Oh, super just. Very just. Yes. It's a great system. It obviously works so well. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. We started off so upbeat. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we're and there we go. Death penalty in prison. Um, death penalty and eight-year-olds in prison. Yeah. Hey, Tennessee. Look at the common thread. Mm. Oklahoma and Tennessee. So strange. It's almost like in, in Texas. In Texas. Yeah. Weird. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Really interesting, isn't it? Gotta love the South. Oh, yeah. My Southern American pride. That's why I hate patriotism so much. Love that American flag. I stand for the flag and I kneel for the cross. <laughs> that's why you still have Confederate flags up, even though that's literally a country. Yeah. That existed for what, like two years? Yeah. And was literally against the U.S. Yeah. Remember, that's we funny. said that the Pussycat Dolls were together for longer than yeah. the Confederacy was. So. So was One Direction. Yeah. God, I miss One Direction. I miss One Direction so much. You know what I don't miss? Mm. The Confederacy. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have to agree with that one. Yeah. I can't believe people, like, unironically are like, this is not about slavery. I know. This is a very important part of history. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Is that how you feel about the Holocaust, too? Exactly. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. It is interesting. Really interesting. Yeah. You know what the Confederate flag stood for? Defending slavery. Like, What do you think the Civil War is about? Yeah. <laughs> what history are you learning? Also, that's the side that lost. Yeah. So I don't understand. I mean, I do understand. Yeah. You're just racist. Yeah. But I don't understand why you think this logic like makes sense. Yeah. It's just the fact that you still try to defend yourself makes no sense to me. Because yeah. we can see, we can debunk you right now. <laughs> We just did. Yeah. Obviously, some of you aren't even trying to be discreet. Yeah. But at least if you're in Massachusetts and with a Confederate flag, you at least try to have, you know, hold back on the racism part. Yeah. And try to be like, no, it's all about the history. Shut up. No, it's not. <laughs> it's literally not. It's not. On that note, 
<laughs> leaving off with the confederate flag we just want to thank you guys so 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 much for listening to another season of change today um be on the lookout for our special mini series about um it's called middle eastern truths and it's going to be about eight episodes i think with all different special guests talking about different things about the middle east just because near and dear to my heart yes sadly molly is not in this season unfortunate but she will be back for season three which yes. is gonna be far out in the future as we have learned that two seasons in one year is a little tough yeah but um you should definitely follow our instagram at change today podcast for constant updates yes thank you for listening to today's episode we hope you'll join us again next season we did it guys we got through a whole season of bad news and i hope you're doing swell hopefully this was a nice debrief and you could catch your breath a little bit with this episode um, just remember that education truly is the first step to creating change. So if you've gotten this far, then good for you. You're doing a great job. And with that, don't, don't forget, forget that, that there's, there's always hope for change today. today.